I also made the case for owning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit. <laughs> the day one listeners know what that little intro was about. And I got to be honest with you, I'm really fiending the interview episodes. I'm really, uh, I know we talked about this in December. Some of y'all boosted, some of y'all sent your sats in. I know the majority of y'all really fuck with the solo rips, but I'm fiending to get out there, y'all. I miss the interview conversations. There's a lot of people I want to talk to. I get the benefit in my position and, and I pinch myself sometimes to be in the room with some of the smartest, most influential people in the space and... Although the solo rips are geared for us Bitcoiners, although the solo rip is geared for those uh, um, that are with it, right? And we're like-minded and I appreciate y'all. The normies are the ones that I'm reaching. The normies are the ones that I want to orange pro so they could get to our level. And I don't think I could do that without some help. To my tribe, to the listeners that listen, and I'm going to shout you guys out. They're usually the same ones all the time, especially on Valley for Value. If you're on the legacy outlets and you're listening to us like on Spotify and stuff, then I have no clue who you are, but you guys keep showing back up too. Um, you know, there's one way you can help the show that's sharing it, that's getting it with your peoples, that's, uh, um, you know, getting more people to, to follow it and, and listen to the message of the solo rips. But I got to be honest with myself. I don't think these solo rips are designed for the normie. I don't think the normie is going to get much value out of these solo rips. All they're going to get is my passion which is what I give every single episode. So, you know, until Talking in Bits gets structured and until I get my schedule all figured out and how I want to do this, uh, now that I'm, you know, helping Unchained build the future of financial services, uh, well, I have been doing that, but now that I'm, you know, have Spotlight Coalition, which is getting podcasters up on the top 10 on Fountain, I ain't really going to toot my own horn, but, uh, you know, there's a pattern there for the, the podcasts that I work with are in the top 10, including Talking in Bits and the ones that I don't work with anymore. I haven't seen them. Doesn't mean they won't get there, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, Jose, talk your shit. I am. That's the plan. Uh, going to get more into my bag, going to get back now that I've kind of like settled in. Uh, I felt like the last six months have been kind of just me trying to figure out my life. Uh, here in a new location, here in Austin, me trying to figure out the setup, me trying to figure out who I'm going to have on the show and what it is that I want to talk to y'all about. So yeah, without further ado, I'm going to shout out the tribe, especially those on Valley for Value. If you're on the legacy outlets, and I know because I see the numbers, y'all out there, y'all listening, y'all mess with talking a bit. Um, these people that you're listening to are value for value supporters. And this goes back to what I'm saying. The normies don't really get my message. So they're not on value for value. They're still on Spotify and they're still trying to figure out Bitcoin and they still don't know, you know, what it is that they need to do to enter. And my rants may be a little bit too top, but the ones that are with it, Bubba, Rage as Fuck, Gene Everett, Absurdian, I Am Robot. Um, let me see if I can see all here. I'm still getting this new fountain update. By the way, fountain, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, streaming some sets. It's only in your nature to, so I can see that you're there, but thanks for taking the feedback on the last episode about getting a, uh, uh, getting a light mode. We all need a light mode, man. That'll be really cool to have here, um, on this elegant side, but we appreciate y'all for the love anyways. 
And I've talked to Oscar about this. I've talked to all of you about this over at Fountain. You guys have been able to open up new arenas for us podcasters because you made the entry point to Valley for Value one of the easiest in the industry. And you guys should be saluted for that. So salute to Fountain. Salute to those that I just shouted out, my supporters. And y'all keep putting Talking in Bits back in that top 10, even though if you were to ask me, Talking in Bits is just warming up. I'm going to talk my shit because later on in the episode, because you had that Marty and uh, 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 Marty, sorry, the Odell episode with Peter McCormick. And a lot of the things that I always bring up always end up on the bigger podcast after I bring them up. What that tells me is that if you're listening to the show, you're getting a lot of signal. That means that I'm on tap. That means that I'm understanding what's going on. That means that I may be a little bit ahead of the ball or let's just say paying attention. And we'll get into that a little bit later because I got a lot to rip about here today. But yeah, I'm going to start talking my shit. Top 10, lightning. We're going to keep coming back to back. This wouldn't be possible without y'all. But I also know y'all ain't parting away with your sats just because I'm just an average dude, just because I'm a nice guy. You're parting with them sats because you're getting that signal from talking in bits. And all you other podcasters out there, you're not keeping up. And that's why you're doing cliche stuff. You're not innovating the space. You're not doing anything new, right? And then I've talked to some of these podcasters. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to talk my shit. I'm going to get a little Petty Rose about here for y'all. A lot of you podcasters I keep talking to on a day-to-day basis, y'all try, some of you, I don't want to say all of them. Some of them have been fantastic and I've learned a lot from y'all. But a lot of these other ones, man, especially since I've been out here, basically just try to rip talking in bits down. They try to call it feedback, but what they're really doing is trying to set their show up to be the standard, right? So they're ripping it down. They're basically saying that this is nonsense or this isn't good or you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't do this. But on the other hand, the listeners, the viewers, which are the most important piece of podcasting, it doesn't happen without y'all. On the other hand, they are out here telling me, this is hot, this is it. You're streaming your sats. You're putting me in the top 10. You know, listen, to be in the, in the company of Marty, to be in the company of Odell, to be in the company of some of these others, like, it's very humbling, but it also shows that there's a lot of signal. I also want to call out, you know, a few weeks ago when Odell was out here for one of the bit devs and he was working out here in the commons, uh, he came up to me personally. Uh, he endorsed this, like, came up to this conversation. I didn't have to go to him. And basically thanked me and basically said, hey, man, you're one of the few out here that's really doing it like we're doing it. So I am eternally humble for Odell for being able to do that. Hopefully, Odell, if this message gets to you, you end up on the show. Maybe you're one of these interviews that I want to have. Uh, you are. But like maybe you we, we could fulfill and get these uh, main chain episodes back where we get, you know, some really good guests. And, and it would be an honor to have you on, good sir. But I remember that because. Once again, I'm having these two, these, these conversations with podcasts or some of them that are saying, hey, talking in bits is it and you should go and we're going to take this to the top. And then we got this other stream of podcasters that are basically trying to tear it down, not because they're giving critiqueful feedback, right? But because they're threatened by the fact that talking in bits exists because they don't have the sauce, right? They don't have the, the flavor. They don't have anything that I do. I come from a different environment. I grew up in a certain way. And a lot of these people didn't grow up in that environment or that certain way. That doesn't mean that where I grew up is in, you know, any more special than where you grew up or where they grew up. What it means is that where I grew up, it makes me unique. It gives me a certain flair. It gives me a certain passion that most other people couldn't even imitate, even if they tried. And that's something that I got to double down on, something that I forgot, something that I got talking a bit to this point, uh, but I haven't been doing as often. So I will be talking my shit. And if anybody listening thinks that this is about them or, or, or they want to call me out on something or they want to try to challenge what I'm saying, feel free. You know where the boosts are. Put your sats where your mouth is. And let's talk about it. 
I put my stats from my mouth first and let's talk about it. But the majority of you guys I don't even listen to because it isn't even any signal. It isn't anything worth even listening to. And I'm talking about the whole space. I don't mean specifically in Austin, Texas. Austin has been nothing but fantastic to me and my family since I've been here. But I'm talking about this podcasting space that I'm very passionate about. I got here for a reason because my flavor and my sauce is unique. Y'all got here because you just trying to be like other people. Keep that in mind. All right, let's continue on with the show because I'm very bullish about the topics we got on here today. I got a few experiences of some, uh, of some things that I've been doing that I want to uh, explain here. And uh, really, I just want to lead off this conversation with, although I know governments are going to trend towards zero. What do you mean by that, Jose? Well, I don't think the government is going to be as big as the government is currently or, you know, or they will be in the near future. I think anybody who's read The Sovereign Individual obviously understands that they're going to trend towards being smaller. They're going to trend because eventually the sovereign individual is going to reign supreme, especially with Bitcoin leading that charge. So I'm very bullish on America. There's so many headlines that I'm about to go over here over the past week that has really changed the narrative from like, hey, what the hell is America doing? We're not doing anything here. We're going to regulate it. And, and that probably can still happen. I'm not the most versed in that game. But what I'm really bullish on is some of these headlines that I've been hearing from America here. Right, which makes me think that America, as I've said in the show before, they're either going to catch up, they're either going to play ball, or they're not going to play ball. And, and we're going to have to do this the hard way. The easy way or the hard way, big corners are priming themselves to be in position to make them make that choice. Well, they have the military, Jose. Well, they can kill us. We've all noticed that. We all know that. But they still can't do... There's nobody to govern. If there's nobody that's rocking with their system or is left to be alive, there's nothing for them to govern and there's nothing for them to exist for. So as much as most people don't want to admit this, they need us more than we need them. And more and more people are realizing that nowadays. And that makes me super, super, super freaking bullish. Um, but anyways, some of these headlines here, this mining, and I think the picture here was of what's minor. Um, this computers that are now being made in America for the first time. That's what the headline says. This is from Documenting Bitcoin. Bitcoin mining computers are now made in America for the first time. They didn't really give any details. Uh, actually, that first comment, this isn't completely true. While these might be the first what's miners assembled in the, U in the U.S., uh, Geeko Science has been making... Listen, the f let me just read here for y'all. The fact that this is even a headline, right? If it's not true, it will be true inevitably. Block is working on their miner. Um, I want to give you a little story about how like, I think this can play out. So I, remember, I don't remember when, maybe back in 2001, early days of, of, of cell phones, right? Motorola released the Moto X. The Moto X ran near stock Android. And for those Android heads that know what I'm talking about, that's extremely important because Android was this operating system that continued to get like washed with a bunch of Samsung and cloudy bubble stuff and made it laggy and made it terrible. So Moto X took a path that said, hey, you can buy a Moto X, which is stock Android. You're going to receive updates as fast as Google. Sometimes they were faster than Google on their own OS. And... Although the phone itself was not made here, the, you know, the, the lithium batteries and all that stuff, you this phone will ship here from Texas. You can order a Moto X, you can customize it. They used to give you these little colorful backgrounds or whatever. And, they, and then that phone lasted me and my wife and a few others that I know a very long time. These phones were shipping literally, they were being assembled here in Texas. The components were made somewhere else, but they were being assembled here in Texas, and it was the most amazing phone to this day that I have ever had, including this iPhone that I have in my hand right now. 
there's something about being manufactured here in the States that that's not, it's not only good for jobs and not only good for the economy, but also good for the experience, you know, fast delivery, all those things. But there's a, there's a quality to these products that can't be matched anywhere else, right? So when I read this headline, all I could think about was that Moto X, right? And if what's miners, uh, I'm sure Bitman is never going to do those here. That's a Chinese company. But if what's miners will ever bring those mining chips here, if Block actually successfully does the mining chips here, that's going to be massive. And the quality of that miner, meaning its hash rate, meaning what it contributes, how it's built, how long it lasts into the future is going to be crazy. It's going to be immense. And that's extremely bullish in my opinion, considering the other big superpower, which is China, has already historically banned Bitcoin mining, if I'm not mistaken, twice already, right? So when I read that headline, I thought about the Moto X, I thought about how great that experience is, I thought about more products being able to be made here in the US, and I was freaking super happy that that was a thing. So that's one headline that had me bullish there. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, maybe I should have done my due diligence here, but the point of the story still stands, which is when that happens, because I don't think it's, if that's gonna happen, it's when that happens, we are going to put ourselves in a really big position, especially here in Texas, where mining is huge and the infrastructure is designed here and, and, and there's land and, and all that good stuff. I think this is just going to put us in a position to even win. Just to, just to keep leaning into Texas, which is the next point I want to break up. And there's the, uh, um, there was an 84-page, the Texas government released an 84-page report that endorses the full support for Bitcoin adoption. The work group recommends Texas should buy Bitcoin. Bump, bump, bump. That's a huge thing right there. Pass self-custody protection, provide tax breaks for mining, and include Bitcoin education in schools. I'm going to get to the Bitcoin education in schools in uh, a little bit here. But how bullish is that? Now, mind you, I come from Massachusetts. This is not going to happen in Massachusetts, even if in my wildest dreams, this is not going to happen in Massachusetts. Matter of fact, the only, when I was trying to set up a bit that was out there in Massachusetts, the only people I would even be able to get to come to the table were shit corners. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, we could do a, a crypto meetup. Then I'm like, no, 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 it's a Bitcoin meetup. And then every time I would like reiterate that, they would walk off, right? Like, there's something about shit corners. They have all the money in the world to push their shitcoin products, but they don't want to endorse what we have going on here at Bitcoin. But this would never happen in a state like that. And I'm sure there's many other states that wouldn't even come close. But Texas went ahead and pushed this 84-page um, document that basically highlights that and covers it in a full spectrum. Because, you know, you can see documents about mining. You can see the documents about trading Bitcoin. You can see the document, you know, like separate stuff. But this is the full package, right? This is education on Bitcoin. This is tax breaks for mining on Bitcoin. This is custody protection, which is something, you know, being here at Unchained and understanding multi-sig and what comes with that, that's going to be very important. And the state itself buying and possibly holding on the state's asset sheet Bitcoin. Why is that important? Well, think about it. Most of these states are being funded by the federal government, which means whether they're you know more liberal or whether they're not, they're really dependent on that, that machine that we all know about, that Burr machine, right? That money printing in order to be able to be funded for certain situations, especially in a tragic scenario or a natural disaster like a hurricane or something of that nature. So if we eliminate that now, right? By basically having Bitcoin on the sheet, I can already hear the, the doubters out there, but you can't really make Bitcoin divisible. Bitcoin is infinitely divisible. And that's nonsense for anybody who's saying that and doesn't understand uh, how that works. But 
being able to hold the reserve there, being able to, in theory, and realistically, hold gold, right, on its sheets. Digital gold on its sheets and be the first one to do it makes Texas and primes Texas to be as it already is. I don't really think there's any mistake. Any Texan that's listening could leave a boost and let me know below that, you know, you're yeehaw. <laughs> but lets me know for sure that we are here in Texas innovating the space and going to be the forefront of this. And if you know anything about evolution of technology, the early adapters, the forefronters, right? We're early adapters as Bitcoiners, but early adapters and in, in, in like as a state, that's going to propel and, and, and provide all the benefits that come with this journey that we're about to go to, to the state that decides to do this first. That is a very bullish document there. And then the other part of that is, is you know, there's always people saying, uh, and, and, th- and this, is, this is true, right? This is, you know, uh, uh, d- they don't teach finances at school. This is a, a true fact. It's, it's an absolute uh, abysmal part of the fiat system. It actually destroys the educations. Kids that go into school don't know anything about finances, don't know anything about savings, don't know how to invest, don't know anything about anything. And that's because that system, that school system has basically trained us humans, individuals from a young age to get up early, go to a building, do some work and go home. They're not really trying to propel us to do anything new. They're not educating us on how to be entrepreneurs or investors. Uh, And there's very few resources out there for people wanting to learn all that stuff and do all that stuff. So how does this change the game? Well, Texas A&M, and in the picture, led by Pierre Richard, basically just hosted the very first Bitcoin um, class at Texas A&M. Sure, that does not mean that that's elementary school kids. That means that it's college kids. But what it means is that now you're going to be able to take a class to teach you about the hardest money that has ever existed. And I'm assuming once we start adding, maybe it's a technical class at the moment, maybe it's not. I didn't really look into the details of the curriculum, but what that's going to tell me is, is that it's going to start to expound into different things. Now you're going to start learning about the financial side of Bitcoin, the technological side of Bitcoin, um, the security side of Bitcoin, uh, innovations like Lightning Layer 2 on top of Bitcoin. You're going to start learning all these things in these different classes. And I see a universe or a world where you're going to be able to major in Bitcoin. How fascinating is that? How cool is that? How different of a game is that? That's that's going to be a, a game changer and something that we need to work on here and something that we need to actually um, just just push forward. We, we need to make this thing happen. This is no joke. Talking about Texas, well, this is uh, some people consider it the little Texas, and that's New Hampshire, right? So just to continue on the trend here of being super bullish on America, at least during this past week, I mean, there's a lot of shit happening. Gemini destroying itself, all these exchanges going down, a bunch of fiat nonsense. People still arguing about which gender should go into which bathroom, which is it's just a nightmare if you think about it. But the governor of New Hampshire recommends a Department of Energy to review how Bitcoin mining can help stabilize the electricity grid, which is what Bitcoin miners have been saying for years now, and build more sustainable generation projects and lower costs for consumers. Ding, 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 ding. Bitcoiners are winning. Bitcoiners are winning. And that's extremely important for if you're new listening to the show and don't understand Bitcoin to understand. Sort of like the conspiracy theories. Like, you know, I I, I hear that meme that says, um, you know, uh, it, it, the difference between a conspiracy theory and a fact is three months or like the time difference, <laughs> which is true. That's the same thing for Bitcoiners. The, the difference between you're just being a Bitcoiner to actual fact reality is only a matter of time because Bitcoiners have been saying this stuff over and over again, right? which is why we have to push podcasts like this, why we have to push the education side of it. And now it's starting to come to fruition. Bitcoin miners are literally spreading like a contagion all over 
um, fiat land all over fiat world and they're taking over every industry but not like shit corners do in a malicious way in an actual improvement way in a way that actually betters those old legacy systems or innovates them and that's the difference between what bitcoin can do it's remittance there's so many different examples as opposed to what they can do so really bullish on new hampshire and like i said even though i think government trends to zero I think it's very bullish for the states to be doing stuff like this and to be able to adopt this this technology, this currency that is, is changing our lives and is going to change the lives of anybody who lives in those states, right? It's going to provide jobs, innovation, right? All that stuff that we've been talking about here and in other podcasts for years. So I'll give you a quick example of, of things that we need to fix. And it's because I saw it scroll by. I don't want to spend too much time on it because... We have talked about this ad nauseum, right? This is something we talk about all the time. But there was a, an article going around where Bank of America customers were basically not, their funds were just disappearing. Like they were showing up. Imagine, imagine what's well, happened. I don't even say imagine, just go Google it right? or go do whatever. Imagine showing up to a place, as like showing up to your bank account and the bank basically saying, hey, we misplaced your money. You don't, you don't have that. You don't have $20,000. You got thirteen last time we checked. Imagine that. Don't imagine it. It's happening. It's happened before, and it's happening to Bank of America customers. I don't know what the solution to that was, because remember, these banks could just make up money by just typing on their computer and like putting you back to 20000 in that example. But the fact that this is happening. So naturally, what happens if this happens to you? Well, then you start pivoting over to... Bitcoin. <laughs> you start looking for solutions to figure out how this happened, why this happened, and the only asset that you could actually hold in custody uh, and do so freely without any violence or, or without any trust, I should say, or both, uh, is Bitcoin. So as I'm seeing these people basically ask, where the hell my money? I'm thinking, this is the opportunity where shows like Talking and Bits come and educate them. This is the opportunity where Bitcoin just smacks them in the face and says, the solution is here. You just have to embrace it. You just have to learn it. And then once people get on that road, right? And I've worked with Bitcoiners that are up to, up in the 70s to big, to, you know, to kids, so to teenagers, my kids, right? And once they learn that there's a problem and once they experience that pain, sometimes it's small pain, sometimes it's heavy pain. There's nothing easier to say, but here's the solution. That's the next step. And that is major. So as these people are having a rough day, I'm assuming I would be completely irate. I'd probably be the one throwing the chairs there. <laughs> um, I can only think these are naturally Bitcoiners that are going to figure out that there is a better solution and self-custody is the solution and not trusting these fucks is the solution. So I'm very bullish on America. We are going to have to defeat those big conglomerate banks. Um, you know, And they're going to try to do their little Bitcoin adoption thing for sure. There's no reason why they wouldn't. They want to be on top of everything. They want to own everything. And unfortunately, the way the current fiat system works is they have the power to do a lot of things and include buy a lot of Bitcoin, which, you know, price go up. That's all good. But then they could do their little fiat shitty practices around that. And that's what we need to kind of get ahead of here, especially us plebs who don't really seem to have much power now. We could get into the position to have a lot of power if we just wake up, if we just get on it now. You know, there's a theme running here, right? Which is talking a bit is designed to get newbies on. Solo rips are designed to get Bitcoiners more bullish, right? So I want to speak to both of you in, in tandem. Bitcoiners, I don't need to really tell you much about this. Go get your go get your Bitcoin if it's on any exchange or any app. Go get it back into self custody. And newbies that are listening on the legacy outlets, because I see you, I know you guys are out there. I appreciate you. Understand that this can happen to you now. This can happen to you tomorrow. 
let's not wait. Let's not do anything about that. All right, we're going to pivot into a few uh, different things. Uh, I wouldn't really call them technical things, but I just more an, an update on a few things before I, I wrap this up on Odell and, and McCormick's conversation. So I've had my Embassy Suite Pro. Uh, I forgot what they actually call it, but I've had my the you know the upper tier Embassy Suite now for a few months, and I love it. It's got to be perfectly honest with you. There's a bunch of limitations that I think uh, I, I've talked to Matt Hill about this, and uh, he's, he's you know the main thing is, is they need clear net addresses. What is a clear net address? Well, right now, most of the benefits that you can get from your embassy suite are hidden behind Tor. And then now that, that that's a bad thing, right? This is a, this is the, we want Tor, is that anybody who's ever used Tor knows two things. It's notoriously slow because of all the onion layers of protection that you get. But it's also, you would need the receiving person to have to adopt the same standards as you. So one of the big reasons that I wanted my embassy suite was basically because I wanted to have conversations with my wife that were run by our server, not by Google or Apple servers or anything like that. That's what I was really excited about, among a few other things, by the way. But in order for me to actually do that, or my wife to actually do that, she needs to have the same Onion setup, Tor Onion setup as I do. Another layer on top of that is is that on iPhone, right, on Apple, that is extremely difficult to do and requires a few apps and they need to be running uh, so much complication that even if I'm willing to do, which I am, she's not willing to do and family members are not willing to do. Um, so that's a big issue there in that scenario. There's another thing that I want to take advantage of with my embassy suite and that's hosting, you know, my own blog, my own written content, which I want to get back into uh, and I want to start, you know, actually flushing out, but I want that to come through my own server hosted for me. Well, if you don't have a Tor browser, guess what? You're not going to be able to see my blog. And maybe there's you listen out there that says, hell yeah. Uh, fun fact, if you have a Brave browser, you can actually have Tor right there. There's a, a uh, the private tab is Tor uh, enabled on Brave. So I'm not saying the friction point in that example is really high. I'm just saying that the majority of the people, once they get that like error message because they can't visit Tor, they're going to walk away and they're not going to absorb what I have to give them. So the solution is it's a clear net address. It's being able to have an address that's still hidden behind Tor, but is actually you know viewable or searchable from a mobile phone or from a web browser like Chrome or anything like that. And that is coming. Uh, Matt Hill has told me that their team is working on that, but it is going to take some time as a really big implementation. But once that drops, I think this embassy suite is going to be the premier server product to have inside of your home because the Bitcoin node is the most reliable one I've ever had. Now, I'm coming from a Raspberry Pi or something like that, uh, running Raspberry Blitz or whatever. The interface is so easy. It's literally click, download the app. You can maintenance. It's going to tell you when it's updated, sort of like your phone is. Amazing. And then Join Market is amazing. And Join Market is a version of, uh, of, of coin mixing, right? which uh, I was able to test out. I think Gigi and a few others put that together. The Embassy Suite makes accessing Join Market and the interface of JAR, which is that the interface, mm, it's so beautiful. It's so amazing. And I've done whirlpooling on, uh, on Sparrow, and I think that's really cool. But this JAR one is just really, really, really nice. And Join Market is the original implementation, if I'm not mistaken, of coin joining uh, back to the Bitcoin protocol level. So all this stuff is fantastic. I haven't tried the Bitwarden yet, so I can have my own password manager. Um, there's a few things that I'm still trying to get to. Uh, I'm still trying to set up my uh, um, uh, C Lightning node. Uh, I also want an LND node. You can do them both simultaneously on your Start9. Beautiful product. I haven't even gotten into the hosting my own podcast thing, but beautiful, beautiful product. Just wanted to give the, an update on that. Another thing that I was super late on, but it's so amazing, RoboSats. 
If you haven't done RoboSats, look it up. This is not going to be a, a full-on walkthrough guide, but I'm going to give you my experience. RoboSats is a, basically a way to buy Bitcoin, non-KYC, on a peer-to-peer -peer network. Yes, you need Tor. That's okay. It's really easy from Brave, and I'm going to speed through this, but it, it basically allows you to get like a NIM, right? Like it creates like a, a, a random you know, profile there. Like it's like a fingerprint that has a little robot attached to it. Then you go into the exchange and you get to shop around. You can say, hey, I want to pay with Strike. Hey, I want to pay Cash App. Um, I thought I was going to be able to find people to take Amazon cards, but nobody was really taking that. Uh, but either way, you can see the benefit here. If it's an Amazon card and you have a Fold account, maybe you buy the Amazon card, you get the 5%, 6% back, and then you trade that for non-KYC Bitcoin on there. Uh, and then you can have it delivered to you and lightning, to a Lightning address. So it's really cool. When you set up a deal with somebody, you put in something cheap like 13,000 sats into a pot, that's going to make sure and to tell the person who's trading you the Bitcoin, hey, you're down, right? So it locks it in there. You get it back, right? It locks it in there. And then you get into like a private chat. And BTC Sessions actually has a great video on this. Uh, but you get into a private chat where you can initiate the trade and say, hey, I'm ready for it. I use Strike. I send this person, uh, I believe it was $200 in fiat through Strike in fiat to his Strike account. I didn't have to change it to Bitcoin. And then he went ahead and the address that I provided before we started communicating which was an on-chain address because um, you can't use Moon. You have to have like your own inbound channels and Lightning to receive it in Lightning. Uh, he sent me the Bitcoin right away before we closed the chat to that on-chain address, and it was non-KYC. Now, to use the on-chain address, you are going to have to spend a little bit more. But if you've used like Azteco or things like that, that's a 5% premium, which is amazing, by the way, for non-KYC. Uh, I believe when it was all said and done with RoboSats, it was 4% premium for non-KYC to get it delivered on-chain through a Tor browser, crazy hidden identity bot, and it was an amazing experience. This is how I will be buying Bitcoin going forward. I mean, I have an Azteco Connect. That's cool too. But I will be going to RoboSats whenever I can because I did it in my couch. I wasn't in my underwear, but the good old analogy of buy Bitcoin, non-KYC in your underwear, that's amazing because the Azteco still requires a few hoops and hurdles. Sometimes you have to see this person in person. Sometimes you need to have the cash, which is great for being anonymous. But if Saturday morning is rolling and I want to buy some Bitcoin, I'm not just going to drive all the way into town to try to meet my guy. Check out RoboSats. RoboSats is incredible, incredible, incredible. All right. So I am going to go into the last part here, which I'm not going to take long because remember these solo rips are supposed to be concise and, 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 weekend episodes that you can kind of chalk up and eat up during your workout, eat up during your drive to work, whatever it may be. So I didn't listen to the whole Odell and McCormick episode, but I listened to the, the clips that were going on the internet. And this is, the, this is where Talking of Bits is ahead of the ball. And this is where from the very origins of Talking of Bits, I have continued to push this value for value thing. I'm not saying I'm the only one. I'm saying that this is what I built this platform on and this is what I will continue to build this platform on you are at the mercy of fucking advertisers whenever you adopt that model. Look, not every podcaster is a bad person for having to take on sponsors and pay for their show. Yes, you have to have sponsors in order to scale your show to a certain extent. Yeah, But that's all an expectations thing to me, man. Like, if you want to go ride this thing really fast and build and hire editors and do all this stuff, then yeah, you can take that you know, high time preference approach, 
you could sell your soul like Pop did, and we covered that in the last episode. Go check it out. Like Peter McCormack continues to do and so many others continue to do because they're not clever enough to have the low time preference. So Peter was going around and, and you know, to be completely transparent, I, I, I was in a session where I recorded Peter on one of my, you know, um, one of Spotlight's Coalition's clients, I won't say any names, uh, on, on the podcast. And I was the producer in that room and I was the editor in that room and I was listening to McCormack. First of all, before I say what I have to say, I think McCormack, when you meet him in person, is a completely genuinely really cool dude. I know a lot of Bitcoiners out there are completely pissed off about me even saying that. How could you? He's this, he's that. I'm not saying that the businessman Peter McCormack is the right dude. I'm saying that the normal dude is a normal dude and he has really good valid points and I talked to him about a few points. This conversation isn't for that. But the business owner, which he continues to say it is, his podcast is, needs funding and he has numerous employees, he has editors, he has audio, he has video, all that, and value for value is not going to pay that. He is 100% correct in that arena. But what he's not understanding is, is there's a different breed of podcasters. There's the breed that do what I did, which is we play the low time preference game. You know, I either come out of pocket for my editing or for my whatever, or I learn to do it all. Right. And I'm not saying I'm making 130K an episode like he was saying, or, or, or it costs him 130 a month or anything like that, that he was telling Odell. I'm just on the side that Odell is on, which is, hey, man. You do this for the right reasons, right? You don't sell your soul and you never have to worry about that. And this thing is only going to go exponential or up. I'm actually paraphrasing Odell. I don't think he said any of that. But the point is, is that, yes, there's an environment where you can do them both. You can get the value for value, give people, you know, let them support you in that arena. And then you can show them stuff that they're probably never going to buy. My whole point is, is that that's ingenuine and it's very thirsty. What you eat don't make me shit is one of my favorite lines. Right? So I'm not about to sit here and bash on his style. Once again, he has millions of followers and all that. All I'm saying is, is I don't need to talk to the millions. I'd rather talk to the few. All I'm saying is, is that like I will be rewarded for my low time preference. This platform, this show will be able to put on editors and be able to put on you know really creative people. And it's going to be sheer out of me being able to pay them out of the contributions that come from great listeners because I can focus on giving y'all real, transparent, content instead of focusing on shilling you something that I would never use or that is Bitcoin only. That doesn't matter because everything that's Bitcoin only is not important to me. So my TLDR in that whole conversation is, is I continue to be, a, a few of us continue to be ahead of the ball when it comes to these topics that continue to get brought up on bigger platforms. And kudos to you for listening to me and getting that signal before it goes major. And I've been right about a lot of different things. I've been wrong about a few things, but I've been right about a lot of different things. And that's something that, pay attention, y'all. You guys are ahead of the ball. You guys are supporting Talking of Bits. You guys understand that this is transparent. You guys understand that, that, that you know, this is malleable, that this works, as opposed to the other end, which is you either take the content or you bounce. Right? And that's what it is. You either take it and you love that I show you ads for whatever, two minutes or three minutes or whatever it is, or... You go the other way around and you kick rocks. Well, I don't need that. I'd rather build it up low because I know eventually as value for value will win, I will win. As the tribe gets bigger, I will win. And I never have to worry about one of my sponsors fucking over my my fan base. And that constantly happens. It's been proven. Watch Pomp's doofy face 
during that, during that that little crybaby thing that he did on on the internet. The only reason he's even had to get to that point. The only reason McCormick has to walk down some stuff. The only reason they're having these conversations is they continue to show products that are rug pulling bitcoiners. That's not forwarding the space. That's retrieving the space. And that makes the conversation mute, in my opinion, because I don't really care what you have to say anymore because you have a history of just trying to monetize over off of my time. Right? I don't monetize over anything that's not voluntarily contributed. And that makes me have to focus on what I need to do very well and give the signal very well. They, on the other hand, don't even have to try because they're going to get the check regardless whether you listen to or not, to a certain level, because I know those sponsors want to see numbers as well. But how much of that is genuine following and how much of that is just clout? And then they have to do all these like antics online to be able to keep that clout. I don't have to do any of that. Most of y'all even know the Talking in Bits account, although I want to get a few creatives to help me out with that. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about sitting here for the hour that I sit here with y'all, getting this out to y'all so you can get some wisdom and some signal that will improve your life or make it better. I think those other big podcasters have forgotten what that is. And then they try to say that because of the guests that they have, they're actually doing that. Well, they're not. So that wraps up this solo rip. I always appreciate y'all. You guys are always fantastic. I'm using a different mic, so you guys are probably hearing the mic, the, the motorcycles here on the street. Until next week, you know where to find us. Fountain, we appreciate all the support. Keep supporting. Keep building this platform. All the other podcasting 2.0 apps, keep doing that. Right? You guys are doing amazing things. Check us out on that. Check us out on Bitcoin TV and all the legacy listeners. Make yourself known. Let me see where you're at. Talk to me. Reach out to me. I'm not really giving you any platforms on those places to do that because I don't want to endorse those old algorithms. Get to the Bitcoin standard of things. Let yourself be heard. Follow me. Let me know what you guys want to see. And I am going to be getting back to these interviews, y'all. That's important to me. It's important to me. It's important to the newbies. It's important to most of the listeners. So I began to be back at that point. But don't worry. These solo rips will keep coming in hot. These solo rips will continue to be in the thing. I appreciate y'all. I'll catch y'all on next week's episode. Later.